Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. It's Monday. You know what that means. Welcome back to another episode of Monday Football Monday presented by DraftKings Fantasy Sports. Check out what DraftKings has to offer this season with code SBNFL because life is more fun when you're in on the action. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problems? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Age and eligibility restrictions imply. Void where prohibited. See DraftKings.com for details. I am NFL writer, football writer for SB Nation main page, J.P. Acosta, joined by my co-worker, co-writer, and good friend, Mark Schofield. Mark, how, how are you doing today? J.P., you know how excited I am? We don't have to talk about the Patriots in this show. We don't. they played on Thursday night, and we don't have to talk about what happened on Thursday night. And it's unfortunate in a sense because they actually won a football game, and I had a chance to talk about a Patriots win for the first time in a long time. But we don't have to talk about that. Instead, we're going to spend the next – 75 minutes on Kadarius Tony's foot. Like, that's what oh, we're yeah. going to do. It, it, it is, is Monday Tony, Monday here at SPD. <laughs> this is like when uh, in the NBA playoffs when Kevin Durant had his foot on the line. Yeah. And everybody just became like this foot, anal- foot yeah. analyst. Like, shout out to Rex Ryan for really starting that wave of foot analyst because now everybody's a foot analyst right now. And he was out there today. He was out there but, today he, talking about he it. He was so. out there talking about feet. This is Rex Ryan's Super Bowl. We yeah, to talk about feet all morning, but we're going to get into, of course, the biggest news of the day, the Kansas City Chiefs falling to the Buffalo Bills 20 to 17. It feels like this is the breaking point. We talked about it before the show. This feels like the breaking point for the Chiefs outside of, of course, the foot very clearly over the line, just the aftermath of what happened. Like we saw an incensed. Patrick Mahomes like this is something we have never seen before in Patrick Mahomes entire career and it feels like a microcosm of what this season has been for Kansas City yeah it absolutely does I mean throughout the entire broadcast Tony Rowe was talking about like all the ways that like this receiving group has sort of let this team down he was mostly focusing on drops but you know this was probably the biggest example you might ever find I mean this was a play of the decade kind of moment I mean our slack exploded from the like five seconds from when Kelsey made that lateral to seeing the call, like you probably had like 30 people, including Matt Warren, a Bills fan said, okay, that was really cool. And then it gets taken off the board. And I think in a way, if Kelsey gets tackled after the catch, this flag gets thrown. And instead of being in field goal range, it's called back. Yeah. People would still be upset, but not to this extent, because when you have a moment like that sort of taken away, people are going to lose their minds. I mean, even Josh Allen was saying that was the coolest thing he's ever seen. But this does feel like a breaking point because the frustration seems to be boiling over, particularly in Mahomes, the frustration with what can I do? You know, when it's one double 87 or one quadruple 87, he can't go to Travis Kelsey as much as he wants to. Where is he going to go? We've talked about Rice throughout the past couple of weeks and getting him more involved. But the frustration has boiled over. and. You know, they still have an opportunity, obviously, to win this division, but we're going to see this team truly tested in a way we haven't seen before. A road playoff game, something Mahomes hasn't had to do yet, something this, you know, Chiefs version hasn't had to do yet. So it's a gut check moment for them now going forward. They can still win that division, even though Denver's right in the rearview mirror. Bill Belichick might sort of decide the AFC West over the next two weeks. But this is this is a team being tested right now in a way we haven't seen before. Yep, Mahomes went 25-43, 271 yards, a touchdown, a pick. But I think the receiving splits for the Chiefs were really interesting. Like you said, Rasheed Rice had 10 targets, Tyler Travis-Kelsey for the most in that game. Outside of that, Clyde Edwards, Lair, Kadarius Tony each had four targets. 
Speaking of Kadarius Tony, like, look, man, just move your move your foot. That's really the biggest thing. Like, you cannot say, like, oh, this was a blatant disregard. Like, this was a blatant, like, they shouldn't have thrown it. They should have warned him. Look, you should be able to look down and have the proper spatial awareness to be like, oh, my foot is my head is basically where Vaughn Miller's head is at. Maybe I'm in the wrong here. Like maybe something is up at this point. But like you said, it just feels like the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes are running out of fall guys. You know, like you can't go and blame the receivers. That'll mess up the entire team chemistry. They've kind of kept it tight. They've kept it well buttoned up. But after a game where it was very clear the Bills' defense was meant was able to frustrate the Chiefs' offense. It just felt like this was a huge boiling over point. But for the Bills, like, this is the win you needed. This is the one you needed to kind of get back into the swing of things. You needed to go and win this one, especially after the events of what happened this past week with Sean McDermott. Josh Allen was in supernova mode. It wasn't just throwing the ball. He had 10 carries for 32 yards as well and some well-timed scrambles, designed run game. I think that's the biggest thing that kind of separates Ken Dorsey from Joe Brady is the design quarterback run game. Yeah. Because it felt very early like they're trying to protect Josh Allen and that injury, but now he seems fully healthy and it's time to go free bird mode. Like the pass he threw that connected when he was like a yard away from the sideline. Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. They both these quarterbacks do things that you should not teach a young quarterback. I guarantee you a high schooler is looking at that play and be like, yeah, I can do that. And then we'll never play another snap. Yeah. Because you just can't, you cannot do those things, except if you're Josh Allen and that is their ace in the hole. Yeah. I mean, I I think Mahomes had the one we were talking about, right? Where he's like rolling to his left. Kelsey's going towards the right boundary. And somehow he made that throw and you instantly said like, yeah, some high schoolers getting cut from his team trying that. Like they do things that you don't teach for a reason because you know, we got 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL, 28 of them, 27 of them try that and it's getting intercepted. 27 of them try that Allen falling out of bounds, throw to Murray. And they're probably not just throwing an interception. They're probably ended up in the hospital, but these, these are aliens. Like these, these are superhumans with what they can do. And from Buffalo's perspective, you badly, this was a playoff game. This was an elimination game because, you know, you lose this game. You're probably on the outside. You're, you're more on the outside looking in than you were coming in. And now you've got a bunch of teams that you've got to get ahead of with only three games left. And it doesn't get easier. Mm-hmm. They get Dallas this week. Like, it's not going to get easier. After then, though, yeah, you know, you're going to game against the Patriots. That will certainly help. Oh, you also get the Chargers, too. That will certainly help. But you got one more test now. Now, that's a home game. Dallas is coming to Buffalo. Like could be a weather situation. Who knows what it's going to look like at the end of the week. But this is the when the Bills badly needed and they got it. So right now, according to the NFL playoff picture, the Bills are sitting in 11th. But the teams they are behind each have are the teams they are behind each have a win over the Bills. The Bengals have one. The Broncos have one. And then the Texans have not played the Bills. But that's a, that's a team where you know like they kind of dug themselves into a hole early this season. But yeah. If you have Josh Allen, like anything can go your way. Like you said, they have they finished the season with the Dolphins in Miami. They have the Patriots at home. They go to LA for, to take on the Chargers. But next week they they take on the Dallas Cowboys at home. Speaking of the Cowboys, they cut they kind of manhandled the Eagles 30 to 13. This was a Dactor class performance. Oh, yeah. Not a not a master class, a Dactor class performance. This was just it was so impressive what the what the Cowboys did offensively because the Eagles themselves moved the ball very well. It just didn't matter because the Cowboys scored a touchdown on almost every drive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this was – it wasn't quite that, like, Pats-Bills playoff game from a few years ago where, you know, the Bills scored a touchdown on every possession, but it felt like that. Dak was – he was on one last night. Like, it was hard – the completion to Gallup late in the game that had like a 17% completion percentage, the, the, the like most improbable completion of his year, might not have even been his best throw. The like oh. post route he threw to Cooks. I, Before I, a half? Yeah. I posted about – I put that on threads, and I was like, he threw this with violence. Like, like that was that was a like 99-mile-an-hour fastball. Like that, that was a violent throw. 
He was absolutely on one last night. That offense is just fired on all cylinders right now. Like, and I, I just, how worried are we right now about Philadelphia? Like, I, I feel like that's the big story here because, you know, coming out of the Niners game, it's like, oh, you're catching the Niners at a bad time. Like, you had a bunch of games, tough schedule. Like, we've been talking about they finding ways to win their clunkers. Well, these weren't back-to-back clunkers. Like, these are just disaster games. Like, how worried are we about Philadelphia? I'm not sure if I'm more worried about the offense and the defense. I'm very worried about the defense. I just yeah. think they look slow yeah. compared to the Cowboys, and they look so reactive. I think that is one of my bigger problems with the Fangio defense. If you don't have Vic Fangio or Aaron Donald or Jalen Ramsey, right? they look slow. They look reactive, and that is just the philosophy of that defense. You cannot run that defense if you have aging 30-plus guys along your back seven. Like yeah. that's just something you are going to run into major problems against teams that are much faster than you. And you can tell that this game was kind of a and – and this game and the 49ers game was kind of an effect of Howie Roseman's, like, drafting strategy. You know, you don't – like, and team-building philosophy. You don't put a lot of influence on off-ball linebackers. And now when they matter a lot, like, that's the problem. Like, you're out there trotting out Sha- Shaq Leonard. Like, this isn't going to fix the problem. You know, they were no. they were absolutely – Gash on offense through the passing game. And I think that's the more, that's the worst thing about it. Cause now you're like, okay, like we have to go through Dallas again or have to play San Francisco again. And both those teams have good passing games that can exploit your biggest weaknesses, especially at safety and at the linebacker position. Offensively, I'm not sure if I'm like super duper worried, mainly because they could have scored like on three of those drives if A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Jalen Hurts don't fumble. Yeah. But I still think the schematic problems in the passing game are still there. Jalen Hurts looked great throwing the ball over the middle this this game, especially with Dallas Goddard back. But it just feels like – I made a comparison last week. It feels like the Eagles are the hardened 2016 like Rockets. Yeah where everything is a three-pointer or a layup, and it works great when it's on fire, but if it's not, you're missing 27 straight threes in a crucial game. Like, that's that's the drawback of this spread-and-shred RPO or deep ball offense. You need to improve, you need to get some ways to better maximize A.J. Brown, who is basically just a deep threat at this point, like either screens or deep threats. It just feels like the construction of the offense is lacking that critical middle of the field intermediate area. And I think that's a problem, but it's been a problem for them this entire season. So I'm yeah. and, and, and it's a setback from last year because last year that was one of the areas that made a huge stride was being able to attack the middle of the field, particularly in the passing game. Because, you know, in year two of Jalen Hurts, that was an area he wasn't comfortable attacking. It was very much the like boundaries and deep. You know, they found a way to attack with some layered throws and designs last year, the middle of the field. They're not doing it as they've got a middle of the field problem offensively and defensively. They've got a middle of the field problem. Now, with Goddard back, you've got an opportunity perhaps to do some more offensively in that area of the field. I think they've got to find because last year, Diggs and and inbreakers and Ban Aids with AJ Brown, they found ways to use those. They got to get those sort of back in and, and working again because. You know what it's like. If you're a defensive coordinator, you know I don't have to worry about spot X on the field. It makes life a lot easier. And And then, obviously, with what they're going to face from Dallas, you know, we saw Ferguson last night. And, look, Dak loves nothing more than throwing a seam ball. He loves nothing more than working, you know, the inside seams on four verts. Like, he loves it. And we certainly saw what San Francisco can do in the middle of the field to this team offensively against the Eagles. they got to figure that out because you're going to see one, if not both, of these teams again probably. And I think the thing about them not being able to attack the middle of the field offensively is you're creating such hot, like you're creating such difficult throws on the outside. Those just mathematically are difficult throws to make because you're not only having to deal with the defender, you're having to deal with the sideline. Just make make the game easier for yourself offensively. That's what I think they're missing right now for the Eagles compared to from last year to this year. The game, the offense is not as easy as it was last year. And it feels like hey, they should be able to make this change, but we're in, what, week 13, week 14? Like, this might be who they are at this point in the season. Yeah. I mean, when you get to sort of Christmas time and Hanukkah time, like, you are what you are as a team. And the time for, like, wild sort of overcorrections and fixes is out the window. 
I mean, Dallas, look, I don't want to say that Philadelphia still has sort of the inside track based on tiebreakers to win in this division. So everything's, I, I think, going to be okay. Like if both teams win out, they still win the East. They get the Giants twice. But these are two performances now where I think it's time in the building to sort of wake up. And it's sort of similar to Kansas City. You know, the two Super Bowl teams from last year are in gut check moments now as we start thinking about week 15. Final question on this, is Dak the MVP leader right now? I think so. I think so. I mean, his biggest threat in that conversation might play tonight. You know, if Tyreek hits 2K, like, I know we tend to – look, I'm a QB guy. Like, we we tend to give this to QBs. But if he hits something we haven't seen before, like, like that's hard to overlook. I know Purdy is is – we're going to get to them. He's playing well. I mean, I think he is to you. So I think Dak is the MVP, but I still think one guy is making a late run. And he played in the early games this, this week, which were really fun. Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I, I knew you were going there. An overtime thriller against the L.A. Rams, picking up a win in overtime on another game-ending punt return touchdown. The second one we saw this season, yeah. 37-31. Lamar was phenomenal. 24-43, 316 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. Odell Beckham, four catches, 97 yards and a touchdown. Lamar also added 70 yards on the ground. This was the, like, this is the reason why Lamar is the second best quarterback in the NFL right now. Like, this is this is the type of game that he's capable of. He played phenomenally well. And I said this this morning. I kind of want to see these two teams play again on a neutral field. I, I know yeah. it's a long shot yeah. to see these two teams at a Super Bowl, but this was a really fun game. Lamar played so well in this game. Stafford played incredibly well in this game. Like, like this was like, you know, Rocky Drago, like just throwing haymakers at each other. Puka's catch along the sideline. My goodness. Stafford, you, you've been clipping some of Stafford's throws in this game. You know, you know, he got away with one near the end, right before the end of regulation, where Humphrey almost came down with that. I want to see these two teams in a sterile environment. Now we're probably not going to get it, but I'd love to see it. Ravens are legit. Like and, and Lamar, maybe he is the MVP. Like I, he's certainly going to get votes. A performance like that, what we saw yesterday, is going to get him some votes. Their game against Miami, which is coming up, that's going to be a fun one to watch. But, yeah, I, I loved this game. I mean, out of all the games sort of in the early window, this might have been my favorite. It was just so cool seeing – and I got to talk about it from the Rams' perspective, seeing the Rams kind of develop and evolve their offense over time. This is not the same like Rams team nope. that took over the NFL using outside zone and duo where they're still running. Like they, I think they have the most run snaps out of 11 personnel in the entire league. But they're able to do that because they have two guys who can dig out linebackers and safeties. Yeah. Like, we get we talk a lot about Puka and Cooper Cup's abilities as receivers. They're pretty much extra tight ends in the yeah. run game. And they, they're able to do so many different things with those guys. Matthew Stafford is playing some of the best ball I think I've seen from him since the Super Bowl season. He's just dropping haymaker after haymaker. The first touchdown throw to Cooper Cup where he just lofts it. He lobs it. He There was a throw like that on the drive before where he missed him because he was kind of impatient with the blitz next one he just kind of does that little sidearm and just puts it right in the corner pocket there was a check down he threw where a free man's coming off a blitz on play action and he kind of just like 360 like no scopes to cooper cup and i was like what are you doing man that's so cool like stop that it's like <laughs> it's like remember in um in the I think it was the rookie's uh, second year NBA game where uh, Deion Waiters and Tim Hardaway Jr. were like going at it for yeah. like, like three minutes out of the game and everybody's – it was just one-on-one. That's how it felt watching Lamar and Matthew Stafford kind of go back and forth. The drive to, sc- to tie the game by Lamar was absolutely masterful. Like he was a buzzsaw. Like there was no, there was no stopping him and this offense. And I think the way that they designed this offense is just so impressive. And getting getting Odell Beckham Jr. back to the point where hey, he's he's looking like vintage OBJ, the slants, the bang yep. eights, the yep. dig and go. Where I was like, oh, this is he's restoring the feeling right now. This is like when uh 
when Ronaldo scores and he hits the Sioux celebration. Yeah. This feels a lot like OBJ, like the dig and go. I'm like, oh, that's vintage right there. Yep. And they hit the Sioux celebration a couple weeks ago. So they're on the same page. I think my favorite moment was the Rams drive at the end to tie it, the sort of out and up to cup. Stafford leaves the arm up after he lets this go. Like Steph, I was just like, this game's just way too much fun to watch. That's why I want to see it again. I, I think Lamar is masterful. Um, for all the things you walked through, it's great for them to have Odell back because, like you said, like vintage Odell is fun in this offense, and, and that's kind of what we're seeing right now. I can't wait for Ravens Dolphins. Like I, oh. I can't wait for Ravens Dolphins because Mike McDaniel versus Mike McDonald might be like the best like scheme matchup this entire season. And I think the reason I want to see the Ravens against teams like the Dolphins and the 49ers is. In order for you to beat those teams, you have to have good second-level players. Yeah. The Ravens have, like, five of them. Roquan Smith playing amazing football. Patrick Queen playing awesome. Kyle Hamilton is just a homing missile. And yeah, I'm worried about better, that knee injury. I'm worried about the knee injury, of course, but the way that they're able to get great play out of players who we thought, oh, their depth would be a weakness, now it's a strength. I'm so excited to see this team going forward. They have a Sunday night football game next week. I'm just going to rip the Band-Aid off right now. They play the Jaguars at home, and uh, the Jaguars are currently uh, doing some soul-searching themselves. They lost to the Cleveland Browns 31-27. Joe Flacco throwing for 311 yards and three touchdowns. I don't know, man. I I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, look, I mean, he – has what played two games for Cleveland and set like two Cleveland Browns franchise records. Like that's pretty unheard of and remarkable efficiency. I, 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 I I wrote it down a couple of times in my notes just about watching games. I wrote it down about Sean McVay coach of the year question mark. Kevin Stefanski. Like you get this team to the playoffs on like QB four, a guy that you take it off the street. That's pretty impressive. Other than stood out to me from Cleveland, they can play man coverage. Like, oh yeah, my, my good pal Doug Ferrar and I, we used to have this just joke, you know, don't play man coverage if you can't play man. They can play man. Emerson looked great. A lot of it might have been look Lawrence. The timing of that offense just just seemed off all day yesterday. But Cleveland could certainly play defense. And now, like we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, they were designed, they were built to win 13-10 games. With Flacco right now, at least over two weeks, you don't have to win 13-10. And now you can win 31-27, you know? Yeah. I think from the Jaguars' perspective, the timing thing is such a major issue because this is not something that is new. Like, Calvin Ridley has been like this since the beginning of the season, you know? Like, there's just been so much weird stuff with the passing game where it looks like they're off, they're out of sync, they're either not running at the right depth. They're breaking at the wrong time. The interception to Emerson, it looked like um, it looked like Lawrence wanted Ridley to stop, and yeah. then Ridley kept running. And after the play, Trevor's like, "Look at me!" Like, yeah, look, yeah, yeah. Like, pay like pay attention. It just feels like they're it's not running out of answers, but like you can only you can do so much with what you got, and. I think the biggest thing going forward is this team can still make a run in the playoffs. I am confident in that brain trust and that quarterback and making a run, but that defense has got to step up. That defense yeah. had a great run at the beginning of the season, yep. but the the spine of that defense has played poorly. Interior defensive line has not played well. The linebackers have been kind of on and off. The safety play has been really poor. Just all the play action over the middle, just killing the Jazz. Is that is that going to be a problem next week against the Baltimore Ravens? Play action passes over the middle. Like, Look, if you the glance routes to OBJ, like that's going yeah. to be a problem. Those little the the digging the digging goes, the slanting goes. Those are going to be a problem because they just another thing is their zone blitzes, the pressures, the simulated pressures that they ran to really good effect in the beginning of the season have not worked. But what has worked is letting you win with four and Josh Allen having a phenomenal season. Yeah. You might just want to go to that and drop everybody in coverage because the pass rush can win. It's just now 
the coverage has just been really bad. I think a lot of people are going to look at the Lawrence interceptions and be like, that is a major reason why they lost. One of those, of course, was a one of those was Ridley and Lawrence kind of be on the wrong page. Yep. One of them was just a terrible, like over aggressive throw. Another, it was weird with Zay Jones. Like, yeah, that one was weird. Level. Again, on the, different pages. the timing, yeah. the timing of this offense is all out of whack. It's really bad when the timing is all out of whack and one receiver goes down. And you're not going to have that receiver unless you make the Super Bowl. So right. they got to figure it out at this point because you're not bringing in anybody else. There's nobody else you can bring in to kind of help that timing. NFL draft is in April. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to have to figure it out. I mean, there's some good receivers in that draft, though, so that will at least help. Um, on the bright side, though, you get Tampa Bay and ja- and and Carolina after that Ravens game. Like you would think, I know we just went through the Jake Brown experience with this team, but you would think those are winnable games. Look, I'm not gonna say anything about Tampa Bay after they came back and beat the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, does anyone want to win the NFC South? Like honestly, what is this division? I don't know. I mean, you have nine defenders on the field on a goal line play against Atlanta. You give up an easy touchdown to Bijan as a result of that, and you come back and win. You had Baker Mayfield running Jesse Bates over at the goal line like earlier in this game. What is this division? This is the Mad Max Fury Road division. Nothing, yeah. nothing makes sense. There's just explosions. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. There are a couple of limbs laying out on the highway. Um, but there are three teams tied at the top of the division at six and seven. And right now, if the season were to end today, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are hosting the Philadelphia Eagles in Raymond James in a playoff game. Um, shout out to Baker Mayfield, yeah. um, who it wasn't pretty. It hasn't nope. always been pretty for Tampa. Nope. But I think the biggest quality and his biggest detriment at the same time is how overly confident he is. Yeah, because no matter how how far down you go, Baker's gonna be like, oh, I'm gonna get you out of this one. Yep. Like regardless of the situation, he's always gonna have too much dip on the chip, and that worked to great effect in this game. The touchdown throw to win the game to Kate Otten, really good throw. Great like, that's throw. That's a really confident throw by a guy who lack, doesn't lack confidence. But for Atlanta, it's really bad when Desmond Ritter throws for 347. Bijan is involved in multiple different ways. Drake London has 10 catches for a buck 72. Kyle Pitts catches a touchdown. You know what's going to happen here? Arthur Smith's going to be like, look, I got Bijan involved. I I did everything you asked me to do. I get, what do you want? No, we're doing it my way now. Like, that's what scares me. The other thing, though, we've been joking for weeks hey, you know, it's the NFC South. Like, one of these teams is going to get in. You look at the playoff standings now. Like you got a glut of teams at six and seven. Like we might get more than one. There's a world out there where we get multiple NFC South teams in the playoffs. They're gonna beat up on each other a little bit, but it could happen. The playoff committee needs to step in. <laughs> I think that's what needs to happen. We yeah. need the playoff committee to intervene. Yeah. Something has to happen. Something has to change. I mean, I don't know what even to think of the Falcons at this point. Like no, what? I don't either. They are they're bad but also can be good occasionally but most of the time like it's just really ugly yeah it's it's never a pretty win like even as much as we said like desmond ritter threw for 347 that safety was ugly that was that was was absolutely yeah that was absolutely on him he's you're in the end zone you cannot speed it up a little bit just a little bit just just throw it away get the ball out it doesn't have it doesn't have to be a completion to either team just chuck it into the third row. Throw it to Arthur Smith. Like, okay. throw it to Arthur Blank. <laughs> like, <laughs> look, man, just throw it to anybody on that yeah. sideline. It's just, it's really bad. And it's really bad when we can say, oh, everybody in this division outside of the Panthers is still in it because the New Orleans Saints, we're just going to rip the band aid off the NFC yeah, South right now. 28 to 6 over the Panthers. What else can you say? I I, I I don't know. Like, I feel like we can't fast forward this game, but it's a fast forward worthy game. Like, I, this whole division is just uh, – I want to start here, though. Bryce Young, I'm not saying, but it's time to start. We got to settle in here, okay? Like, it, it, it's – had more rushing yards, the artist, I think, than his completion percentage. Like, 
it doesn't look great right now. He needs help. He needs receiving help. He needs offensive line help. But I'm starting to get a little worried. I'm starting to get a little worried. The scars are starting to show. I think that's perfect, yeah. From the protection issues, from nobody being open. It's like when you put, like, a high schooler who's really high recruited onto a team with no, like, no talent whatsoever, and you just start to see them start to force it. And even on throws that look good, the the DJ Chark incompletion was a good throw. Yeah. But it was dropped. And that feels like the entire Panther season in a nutshell. Yeah. Like, even when you do good, it's bad. The nothing is ever easy. They really, really need a massive influx of talent on that offensive side of the ball. Well, I mean, they're gonna have, have the first overall pick, right? Well, well about that. Uh, I don't know about that one, but hey, I mean, you can still get a good receiver with the 33rd overall pick if you wanted to. Yeah. But good luck. And yeah, I don't really have much to say about the Saints. Derek, somehow Derek Carr played worse than Bryce Young and won the game. I mean, that tells you everything you need to know about the NFC South this year. Derek Carr was 18 of 26 for 119 yards. Like, how do you throw the ball 26 26 times and barely go? I mean, what's he playing with? 22 fractured ribs at this point? Like, he came out and said, what, he's got four on the year? And he's, he was in concussion protocol last yeah. week. It like, feels like he's the SpongeBob meme of the dude in the giant cast, but they keep putting him out there. It's like when uh, Patrick was jellyfishing, jellyfish hunting with Squidward. It's like, firmly grasp it. They're trying to get Derek Carr to firmly grasp that football. He can't. Like, he, he cannot. He can't do it right point. now. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know at this point. Like, it's – Nothing is good. And even when the Saints win, they have Derek Carr and Eric McCoy yelling at each other on the side. Yeah. Yeah. And again, like, Derek has been yelling at everybody else this season. Like my mom and dad always said, if you're constantly getting into arguments and fights with all of your other siblings, you are the main, you are the common denominator here. Like, this is something you gotta fix. Yeah, yeah. This is this is a situation he's gotta sort of take ownership of. I mean but, uh, we're done with the NFC South. Thank goodness. We're done. We're moving on. But speaking of that first overall pick, I have a lot of questions about the Detroit Lions. They lost to the Chicago Bears 28-13 to at Soldier Field. Um, For some reason, Justin Fields against the Lions looks It's a like, franchise quarterback. Looks like a franchise quarterback yeah. every week. Every time he plays the Lions. Just 223 passing yards, one touchdown, 58 yards, and a touchdown on the ground. DJ Moore, six for 68 and a touchdown. It's time to start asking some Aaron Glenn questions because what was so confusing at the beginning of the game, and for some reason they do it at the beginning of every Bears game, is they play man against the Bears. Don't do that because nine times out of ten, if Justin Fields sees that linebacker turn his head, he's going to run with it. Yeah. And he's the first like three drives of the game. They were a third and long or something. Nobody can get get a hit on fields and he's running for 20 yards. Like it's just it's infuriating at this point. You switched his own late in the game and yeah, like it worked. But at that point, you could not come back. It was too late. Like it's it's time to start genuinely asking questions about the Lions and how they play against quarterbacks who can actually move around. Yeah, and it, we were we were warming up this question a couple of weeks ago. You know, after they beat the Raiders, okay, you beat the Chargers, but you give up thirty-eight. Justin Herbert, he can move. You, you, I mean, you lose to the yeah, you beat the Chargers, you beat the Bears, but again, you give up what twenty-six. Justin Fields game. Then you lose to Jordan Love, you give up twenty-nine. You beat the Saints, but you give up twenty-eight, and then you just lost again. Like you're giving up twenty-eight, twenty-nine, thirty-one points now. This is not the time of year to be giving up points like this. Like their defense is a problem right now. It went from a concern to a legitimate problem. And you'll still probably get in. You're very much in the driver's seat in that division. But think about the teams that you're going to play. It's Dallas, Philadelphia, San Francisco. At this rate, 40, 50, like the way the defense is playing right now. And, yeah, mobile quarterbacks who have given this team problems, you're going to see them in the playoffs. Not only that, but – the margin in the division is getting a lot closer. 
Yeah. Like it, with the Packers going on the run they're going on and looking the way they have, the Vikings somehow managing to win football games. We'll get to that later. The margin for error is getting so much closer in this division. And if you can't get a stop, like that's the biggest thing that I saw. They could not get off the field. The Bears were six for 14 on third down. Like this is not, this is not a team. This is not a this this is not a Lions defense that I want to put faith in at this point. But if you're the Bears, do we still have the Justin Fields question, or is is this more Justin Fields is going to look great for somebody else next season? I mean, I think it's going to be more the latter. I think if you're that organization and you have the first overall pick, like I, I think you have to draft a quarterback. I mean, I was, I, I did a show recently with Dan Hatman, who's you know old, longtime NFL scout, like, and he even said it. Look, you might still believe in Justin Fields, but you got to draft a quarterback. Because even if you believe, you don't know for sure. You have to draft somebody. So I think it's – I'd love to see him in New England. I mean, that would be great. Atlanta, anywhere. Um, I, I think Fields could still be a good quarterback. And like we, like you said, Fields against the Lions is a franchise quarterback. But, yeah, they're, they're going to have to draft a quarterback. I mean, I, I think you just do. Is there a world where you can draft Marvin Harrison Jr. first overall, draft an offensive lineman with your own pick? roll it back with fields and have success. Yeah, you could do that. But I think the pressure will be from ownership on down. Get another quarterback. Let's make sure we have that player. I don't think they'd do it because it's within the division, but the Minnesota Vikings, like I, you could talk me into that. Yeah. I mean, having KOC's offense, like that could work. With, with an actual working offensive line. Yep. Functional and Justin offense. Jefferson, like Jordan yeah. Addison, TJ Hawk. That you could, could work. You could, talk, you could talk me into that, you know, but I just think it is. I'm not going to say like it's firmly over for Fields in Chicago, but it's starting to get to that point where he's looking good and you can raise that draft, raise that trade value a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Vikings could work. Atlanta could work. Um, yeah, I'd love to see him in New England, you know, to right the wrongs of that draft class, but that won't happen um, because New England's going to draft Joe Walt and trade for Gardner Minshew, and I'm just preparing my body for that. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity – but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Well, speaking of Gardner Minshew, we'll move on to another 1 p.m. game. The Bengals? Bengals? Kind of back. Kind of sneaky good right now? Kind of back, 34-14 to 14 over the Indianapolis Colts. Jake Browning throwing for 275. Two touchdowns and a pick. Joe Mixon running for 79 yards and a touchdown. Look, they they could do it. They could I, do it. I'm just I, saying. I'm there with you. I mean, that defense is good up front. Mm-hmm. And early in the game, look, it was screens. It was throws near a lot of scrimmage. Then he started to rip it a little bit downfield. Like I, I know there was the Higgins that we talked about at the corner forgot to simply just forgot how to play football for a moment. Um, but he ripped some throws in this game. There was like a, a two-play sequence. He hits Higgins on a dig route right between two defenders and comes back, hits the deep out to chase. And it's like 
this isn't, you know, the Mitchell Trubisky throws behind the line of scrimmage kind of offense. Like they're letting them rip it a little bit. This team's, first of all, they're playing with house money. Like Joe, Joe Burrow's down for the season. You're thinking it's over. You got a backup quarterback in. They're playing with house money. They got nothing to lose. It's the old NFL cliche. If you're a team, I don't know, like the Kansas City Chiefs, and you see them on wild card weekend, you probably don't feel too good about it. So I think my biggest question, where has this offense been with Joe Burrow? And just the structure of the offense. Not like, yeah. of course the results look great, but the process is a lot better. A lot more screens, a lot more play action. A lot Joe more, Burrow's- we got to help the quarterback instead of the quarterback will fix it. Like, yeah, I, I think that's it. Like, Joe Burrow's phenomenal. Yeah. But you can help him out a little bit. Like, of course, like, we talk about it all the time, the margin for error. Yeah. You can widen the margin for error for your great quarterback and make yeah. that offense look even better. So I'm being a little bit of a Debbie Downer a little bit, but where was this with Joe Burrow? But, of course, they can make a run if they – like. so they have the Vikings at home next week. They go to Pittsburgh. They play Kansas City the 31st, and then they finish the season with the Browns. Hey, man. Hey, I mean, look, the way things are going in Kansas City, like, you can win that game. Like, and Minnesota, you can win that game. And the Browns, yeah. like – Pittsburgh's not going to have Pickett? No. Look – the AFC is weird. Like the AFC the, is so absurd. That's right the now. big thing that I'm taking away from uh, this week. The AFC is weird. Um, the Colts magic kind of ran out for a little bit right there. Yeah, Minshew mania kind of ran its course. Um, you you got got like that's really the biggest thing. You got yeah. got by a team who was hot. Um, as of right now, they're still a seven seed in the AFC, but there are a bunch of teams hot on their heels. Yeah. Speaking of one of those teams, we do still have all of our fast forwards. The New York Jets hang 30. I want to fast forward this, but we can't. I mean, this is Zach Wilson's <laughs> moment in the sun, or actually moment in a monsoon. He he made some sneaky good throws in this game. Like we gotta give him his props. I mean, he didn't want to play, apparently. He was reluctant or whatever the magical words was. And if they asked him nicely did a little promposal or something. He was going to come back and play, played well. Um, I think look, the conditions were what they were. So it's hard to take too much from it. But we said last week, look, the tank down injury, how is that going to impact Houston? Offense didn't look great. Offense didn't look, this is a good Jets defense. So I don't want to take anything away from this Jets defense. The offense didn't look great. Stroud went out, hit his head hard. Yeah. Davis Collins Mills went out come too. in. Collins won out like it's been a magical run for Houston and they're still in the mix of things. And that week 18 game against Indy could be a playoff game, a win it in situation for those two teams. But this feels like uh, the magic might be over for Houston. I'm only I'm trolling. I promise I'm trolling when I say this. Zach Wilson looked like the best quarterback for the 2021 draft last on Sunday. He kind of did. Like, he <laughs> If you just look you at just the look numbers, at this day. if you just look at today, yeah. only today, do yeah. not focus on anything that happened in previous weeks, right. months, or years. And then you are a Zach Wilson fan, you point at this game and be like, see, yep. we knew what we were doing. Yep. It took yep. three years, but we finally got it right. Never wrong, just never, really early. Never, never wrong, just early. Always double down. Yeah, Always. But it's tough. For the Texans, you know, I can't really be like, oh, like the defense for the Jets did dominate, but you know, hopefully Stroud and Collins get healthy because they're a lot of fun when they're on the field. <clears throat> they are a lot of fun. I mean, you get the Titans twice, like that should help, especially if you get Stroud and Collins back. You get the Browns in there. That week 18 game against the Colts, that could be that could be the game that saves us from the what is it, Saints Falcons in, in week 18. Um, we could get that to sort of decide a winner in situation. It'll all obviously depends on playoff pre-rotation and things like that. But the Texans have been great. They've been a great story. Our boy RJ called the preseason, like they could be a playoff team. Here we are, you know, just two weeks away from Christmas, and they're in the mix of it. We hope they're okay because they are, like you said, a ton of fun to watch. Zach Wilson, 
this is your highlight reel moment, baby. Like this is the reel that you put in front of teams and in front of agents when you're trying to find a new home next year. Um, because that this was your moment. And if you want to write the headline, Zach Wilson is the best quarterback from that 2021 draft class. This is your 24 hour window to write that headline. I'm not giving you any ideas, Ricky. I know you're watching. I, JP, I, know, I, that I, know, I know Ricky's watching. Don't do it. No, we're I, not will, do I, will, it. I will find you. Yeah. I, I will find you. Um, we're gonna move on to the four o'clock window, which had football being played <laughs> allegedly 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 there were reportedly some football games speak speaking of uh texans jets that was the first game to go zero zero at halftime then later on this week this day we had another game go zero zero at halftime um, <laughs> third quarter i, I kind of don't want to fast forward this. i think we gotta talk about it <laughs> The Minnesota Vikings. No, the Minnesota Twins beat the Las Vegas A's 3-0 on a 7th and home on a ninth and home run. Like Carlos Correa hitting a three-run homer. <laughs> Allegedly, this was a football game that was played. Um <laughs> did you see Antonio Pierce like cut the halftime break short and sent everybody back on the field with like eight minutes to go in halftime? It was like nothing. It was like your JV high school coach got tired of looking at you in the locker room. He's just get back on the field. Put the orange slices down. I'm done with this. Go back like, out I there. Like I don't know what this was a this was a game that was played. Um <laughs> Nick Mullins and Joshua Dobbs combined to throw for 99 yards and won a football game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Aiden O'Connell threw for 171. Devontae <laughs> Adams, seven catches. <laughs> None of this makes sense. <laughs> what happened here? I, like, I was watching this game. Like, it was on the second. I Because, look, the Chargers game, the Broncos game, like, that. you saw where that game was going. Like, I, I was just like, I need to, like, watch this. I was actively watching this game instead of Bill's Chiefs because it was just, like, an absolute train wreck that you couldn't look away from. I, I can't explain it. I watched it, and I can't explain it. I just – First of all, shout out to Brian Flores and that defense for yeah. being phenomenal again. Look, you pitched a shutout. You pitched a shutout. Hey, you you did what you had to do. That was a complete game. You you got the win there. Um, the cake stand celebration, very funny. Uh, yeah. Ivan Pace had a phenomenal game, undrafted free agent. Salmon Mobile, I didn't know if he would be this caliber linebacker early, but dude played awesome. He had an interception to seal the game. He led them in tackles with 13, had a tackle for loss. <laughs> I then, saw some books where the Raiders covered. They did. They covered. Great team cover. <laughs> you good get teams. shut out and cover. What? Good, team, good teams win. Great, great teams, teams cover. cover. Great teams cover. And the Raiders evidently are a great team. They went three for 14 on third down, but two for two on fourth down. Hey, you know, win we, the money downs. Win the money downs. That's a recipe uh, for covering in the NFL. Neither of these teams got over 250 total yards. Um. <laughs> How would you feel if you were like a Vikings fan and you spent the money it took to travel to Vegas? You spent what you probably had to spend in the casinos to make it a fun weekend. And this is the game you saw. Do you feel like, hey, I, I saw my team win or – what did I just spend all that money on? Hey. Like I saw like in like sequin fans with jackets and stuff like that, like vintage Vegas. And it's like, okay. Hey, a win is a win. They are yes, the yeah. sixth seed right now and would play the Lions in the playoffs if things ended as they were. A win is a win. That's a, that's. Now you celebrate the W's, you know, <laughs> any given Sunday. You take the wins when you get them. That was the football game of all yeah. time. Yeah. It was the most football game ever. Like, I'm sure Vince Lombardi is somewhere like, hey, that's real football right there. Vince Lombardi and, like, Bud Grant, they're up. They're looking at this game. They're like, yeah, this, this, this is, is the NFL the way it's meant to this, be. This is what we had planned. Yeah. This is this is what we meant when we were talking about tossing that pigskin around. Elsewhere, it's, it's time to put the Chargers to bed. Yeah. It's yeah. it's over for that team. They lost to the Denver Broncos 24 to 7. Justin Herbert 
Purchase right finger in the middle of the game. They're having MRI to see if it's a fracture. If it is, Ian Rappaport reports that he is more than likely done for the season. Look, it, yeah. it's just real, it's really tough. I will say this though, Easton Stick, I owe you an apology. I was not quite familiar with the game because that throw to <laughs> Quinton Johnston, man. Like I did not see that throw coming. Okay. Uh, that was an absolute cannon shot. Like I got to give him his flowers for that. Like, like, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> all right then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Broncos still in it. Still in it. Still and hanging did, around. Did we say Russ? Russ? Because because that that touchdown. Look, Sutton's catch on it. You know, getting the arm held, one arm like phenomenal. Russ kind of created that a little bit, little pocket movement, stepping up. I I I don't want to say he's cooking. Like he's not out there full on with the walk and everything, but this, this is, is working. This is what I had envisioned for the Broncos this season with Sean Payton as their head coach and, and play caller. You run the ball heavy, and then you ask Russ to be Russ in moments when you need him. You don't have to be. He doesn't have to cook the entire yep. game. It's those type of moments where you need him to create and throw an absolute javelin down the field. Like, that was such a pretty pass. Yeah. Like, it was one where you're reminded that Russell Wilson is one of very the best good deep ball, thrower, deep yeah. ball throwers we have seen in the NFL. And Cortland Sutton just coming down with amazing catches. Like, this is – he has, like, five of the best catches in the NFL this season. Like, he, yes. is an, he is an undefeated, like, jump ball, like, insane catch master. But the defense has completely flipped it around. I yeah. am in love with what Vance Joseph is doing. It felt like early uh, in the season he was trying to run Ejiro Evero's defense. And then, like, midway through, like, after they gave up 70, of course, it was like, oh, guess we're not doing that anymore. I'm going to run my defense. And it works. Getting that pass rush back healthy, Baron Browning, is awesome. Um, oh, my gosh. I can't believe I'm blanking on his name. He is phenomenal. Uh, Jaquan McMillan, yep. nickel corner for the Broncos. Such a fun player. I don't know where they found him. He is amazing. He is playing awesome this year. And hey, the Broncos can make some noise. Right now, they are the nine seed. They're still outside looking in. They're behind the Texans, of course. But, but they get a tiebreaker against Buffalo, which if if the final playoff spot comes down to that game and the, one of the catches you just mentioned, hilarious. They get Patriots at home, Chargers at home, and then they go to Vegas. Those are their final three games. Those are all three very winnable games. And look, we get the return of Saturday NFL football this week. It's one of my favorite parts of December is when you get the Saturday NFL games. We get bowl games started Saturday. So this is a great time of year. Broncos-Lions on Saturday night. That's an extremely – if you would have told me like four weeks ago, five weeks ago, that I'd be looking forward to this game, I said, no, you're crazy. That's going to be a really fun game because if they go into Detroit and win, they can run the table here. Potential for a very funny game. Yeah. Like that game is going to be pure fun. Like there's going to be something silly in that game. We just With the way Detroit has looked defensively against quarterbacks who can move and can run. As we talked about earlier, Russell Wilson can move and run. Like if there's any moment for a vintage Russ game, this is Saturday night in Detroit. Like, hey. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just preparing myself for yeah. the vintage Russ game coming. It's just going to be so funny. I mean, so if they funny. run the table and get to 11 wins, I, do we say Sean Payton coach of the year? I mean, after rebounding from getting 70 dropped on, drop on your head? Yeah. But I will say, if everything holds and the Broncos do get the seven seed, as of right now, they will You're play the team that scored 70 yeah. on you. <laughs> We're, we're back. That's such a raw deal. Yeah. Imagine like, that you do everything to get in, and you see them again. That's such like it's a, a meme from Chowder, where it's like, and nothing can go wrong. Right? Oh no! no it all went wrong. wrong. <laughs> you you walk right into the playoff. It's like Peter and the chicken from Family Guy. You run back into this chicken again. You run back into Tyree Kill. Yeah, it's just start splitting again at each other. Yeah. It's like Kevin Harlan's going to be back on the call just saying Tyreek Hill wide open. Yeah. It's just going to be a funny game. But we do have two games later <laughs> tonight for your viewing. Wait, we got Seahawks Niners. Oh, yeah. We forgot one game. And is it slow cooker time for Seattle? It feels I like slow cooker time. I think it is. Yeah. I think it is. Um, 
we knew this part of the schedule was going to be rough for them. Like, but they just don't seem to sort of have it right now. Like, obviously, you get the Niners in sort of like quick succession like this. It's going to be tough for you, but you get the Eagles this week. You could, you cannot go over in this run. No, you can't. If you, go, if you go over, then it is pretty much done. Geno Smith did not play in this game, which is worth mentioning, but I don't think it would have mattered. Yeah. Um, Brock Purdy threw for 368, two touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey had 145 yards on 16 carries. For the people at home, that's about nine yards a carry. Yeah. Is that that's, good? That's pretty good. If, you, yeah. if you're giving up a first down on a carry, each carry to one person. That's tough. Tough to probably, win that way. You're probably not going to win that game. Um, I tweeted it during the game. The 49ers margin for error is so wide. Yeah. Brock Purdy has played very well. He has yep. developed. He has, play, he has improved in a lot of areas. This Absolutely. Um, the throw to Ayuk late in the game. That's a throw Jimmy does not. Jimmy's make. not make. Jimmy's not trying that throw because Jimmy's not. It, it wasn't just like a reset. It was like pull it down, slide to your left, roll to your left, then flip the hips and shoulder, make that throw. Jimmy's not doing. That. Jimmy is spinning in the pocket like yep. the Windows uh, loading screen. Yeah, but it is very easy. it's very fun to run an offense where if you throw the ball back across the middle, it does not get intercepted, but it turns into a Debo Samuel almost touchdown. Because Debo gets bounced off a linebacker, shakes another defender, and brings it to the one-yard line. Yeah. It's very fun to be like, oh, we're going to run these, du- their, uh, these double glances, these double slants to one side and have Brandon Ayuk kind of run that bang eight on the other side and force this linebacker to choose, oh, am I going to let George Kittle catch him run like an elk on four loco or <laughs> Brandon Ayuk? It's very it's They so make you difficult. wrong. They make they, you wrong they're no matter always what. always forcing you wrong. And it's yeah. impressive because they're forcing you wrong in the most valuable portion of the field. Yeah. And the Seahawks just couldn't keep up defensively. Yeah. Um, and it gets to sort of where we started, the middle of the field, right? Like they can win consistently in the middle of the field in a way few other teams can. Maybe like, no other teams can. And that might be the difference this year. I'm not going to mention his name because he does vanity search on Twitter. Um, he did give up a that Debo touchdown was on him. Yikes! That that's a uh, yeah. Yikes! Yikes! Yeah. We'll just we'll just leave it there. Not great. Um, I did think Debo Samuel, uh, going full ASL like sign language mode on his first touchdown, and then proceeded. Forty Niners just when you're lawn snapper, when you're getting dumped on by a lawn snapper. Hey, to to the winner goes the spoils. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's he, true. But, I want to know how many people in that locker room actually know sign language. Was he the only one that, know, that knew sign language and he knew what what DK said? And was like, oh, I'm going to get him back. Yeah. We're going to get him back in blood on this one. Uh, there was also a fracas, a brouhaha near the brouhaha. game. Uh, DK Metcalf got ejected. I really don't see a problem with what DK did. You know? He, yeah. He, he it's, hit, it's, rival, it's a rivalry game. Like, yeah. I, I, he, he Lesnar suplexed him, but Fred Warner diving into the back of his head probably isn't the best thing. Yeah. But you also just cannot grab a man face fast like you can't uh, grab and hold like that long. Like, that, like if you just grabbed him initially and let go, they probably wouldn't have tossed him. But I do have to say, a wide receiver little brothering a linebacker like that, we that's just something we're never gonna see. Yeah, again, like that. That's just something only DK Metcalf can do because one he's, one. Built, he's built like an edge rusher. Yeah. So just I love – I, I hope everybody in the NFL learns how to trash talk in sign language. It's great. Just I love for, it. I absolutely force, love it. Force the NFL to be like, hey, Yeah, if there's no one more thing you want to do, it's it's putting more on the plates of the officials right now. Oh, yeah. Like, you got to go out there and learn sign language now too in your spare time. Of course. I just want somebody to like walk away from the refs after a questionable call and just sign language. That was a dumb call. And the ref kind of just like, what was what? that? What, what was that? They, they need each team needs a sign language interpreter. What? On yeah, like one sh- one sign language challenge. Yeah, like a sign language challenge or a sign language interpreter to be like, hey, that guy just called you a b word. Yeah, in yeah, you got to toss him now. Like I me mean, personally, I wouldn't take that disrespect. Here's what, what you got to do. Here's what you got to do after. You got to stand up. You got to stand on business now. Yeah, you, you got to stand on business. That man just called you out your name and signed him. He signed you out your name. 
Like you, you can't let that slide. You, you can't let it slide. So now we got the Monday games. There are two games for your viewing pleasure today. They're both going to be on at the same time. Peyton and Eli are going to be working overtime today. Um, the Dolphins are at home against the Tennessee Titans. Um, Jeffrey Simmons, Christian Fulton, both will not play. Good luck. Yeah, good luck. Tyreek's going to go for like, like 260. The only reason I was like, hey, maybe Tennessee can make this competitive is the defensive line is very good. But without Jeffrey Simmons, Antair Tart is also questionable. Yeah. Good, good luck. luck yep. You know, we'll, we'll see. Just the hope is, hey, maybe Will Levis does something cool. Yeah. Like for your team. Pick and force a for, fumble? For your team. Yeah, yeah cool for exactly. Team, not for the other team. The next game is Jordan Love against the big ragu, Tommy, Tommy Cutlets. You saw the thing the Giants put out. Oh, my God. I, that was hilarious. It's just so funny. The two New Jersey teams. The Jets are spiraling into just despair and madness. Aaron Rodgers is taking on members of the media again. And the Giants are just sitting over here like, what's your favorite pasta? Yeah, what's your, what's your favorite Italian entree? Like, it's just the <laughs> juxtaposition. It's, even if you want to bring in the Bills, the yeah. Bills just had, like, the worst week. A pretty rough week of, as far as New York teams go. For, for, for New York teams. It's like uh, the Homer Simpson meme where, like, one side is, like, darkness and broken trees, and that's yeah. the Bills and the Jets. The Giants, instead of, like, sunshine and rainbows, it's just, <laughs> it's just New Jersey. plates of pasta. It's plates of pasta. Tony Soprano is on there for some reason. <laughs> We 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 just need. I hope ESPN shows every member of the Devito family. Please at that game. Where's Please. Big Dom at? Get Big Dom down here. He's not doing anything. Do you think the Devito family has reached out to Big Dom? Yes. See if they can hire him as like the family security. Yes, they have to. Now, oh, that would be tremendous. They have to. Then we get like a Nick Sirianni. Like you broke my heart. Like, like I think what we need. I don't need the Devito family in a suite. I want them at a table. Like sideliner <laughs> in the end zone, just like eating dinner, like, like Sunday cheese, dinner with it's Sunday like gravy. Fan zone. It's like yeah. a cheese fan zone, but instead, instead of cheese, it's, it's just incredibly Italian. Yeah, they got they got like the couch back there and like all these wild patterns. Tommy DeVito just out there fighting for his life. <laughs> they, do it, they get the grappa and the limoncello and they're just doing shots. Like, oh, oh yeah, my they, god. We we need to make this the most Italian thing to ever show up. In the in the NFL again, the NFC East has had a very Italian like awakening yes. this year between Tommy Cutlets, uh, Big Dom standing up, Big Dom, Big Dom standing up for the city of Philadelphia. <laughs> now the Cowboys just need somebody Italian. They, yeah, they need to get Ben DiNucci back. Where's Ben DiNucci? Yeah, where's Ben DiNucci? Bring him back. Where's Ben DiNucci? We need DiNucci. Uh, wait, how many games? What games do the Cowboys have left on their schedule that they can play Danucci in and not like lose the game? I mean, the Commanders. Washington in week 18. I get the Commanders. Ben, start Ben Danucci in the Commanders game, please. And then <laughs> if you're Washington, you know, like, hey, maybe just get bring some Italians out, you know? Yeah. Danucci is with, with the Broncos? Broncos? Oh, yuck. Oh. Yeah. That's, you you got to make a trade, Jerry. Jerry, do it. You're losing the Italian media market in the NFC East. You got to make a big splash move. Big Dom has taken all of Italy with him. <coughs> him and Tommy Cutlets have taken the Italian members of the media with him. Yeah. I wouldn't let that stand. You can't, from the yeah, Cowboys. can't let that stand, Jerry. You've already you've already beaten the Eagles. You've already taken out a large Italian market in Philadelphia. You've already beaten the Italian coach. Like yep. he is. He is the foremost Italian coach in the NFL. Like you, you gotta go. You gotta go get the uh, Danucci. You gotta. Or you have to do something. Take a big swing. Hire Fangio. Like we've oh. seen Fangio making the meatballs. Like there you go. I was gonna say like Fangio makes the meatballs in the off season. Yeah. We. <laughs> I need a cooking show with Tommy Cutlets and Vic Fangio. Tommy Cutlets, Vic Fangio, and Big Dom. <laughs> oh, they the Eagles need in the off season. They just need like. Adventures of like Big Dom and Nick Sirianni, like a good cop, bad cop thing. Where like yeah. Big Dom is the muscle, you know. Yeah. You can you can go full A team with this. Just send him on a tour of Italy this offseason. Yeah, and, and bring a camcorder. 
the Eagles got like 45,000 Italian people on that sideline. Just turn it into a big family vacation. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we'll, we'll have some fun with it. So we're going to ask Steven Serta, who is with us running the show behind the scenes on the ones and twos, to come forward. Tell us about the points that you like, points you didn't like, points that you have from this from this week, and who is going to get MF double MVP. Um, I think I am going to go with JP for the MF double MVP. Uh, I feel like that the take on just the the Italian version of the NFC East really puts you over the top <laughs> there at the end for the most part. Um, other than that, I, th- I thought it was a very solid show, guys. Yeah, we got like a little uh, Goodfellas thing going in the <laughs> NFC East. They're, they're gonna fight, they're gonna fight somebody <laughs> in the back of a truck. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Washington's gonna hire Fangio as the head coach now. Like they have like, to. Like, <laughs> they have. That's to. What's gonna happen? We we need some more Italian coaches. For those of you listening, for those of you live listening, if you're listening on the podcast, make sure, of course, like, review, give us five stars. But name some more Italian coaches that yep. commanders should hire. Name some more Italian people they should have on the sidelines. Like that's gonna be a draft category now for me going forward. Like yeah. NFC East Italian heritage. Like, like can we? <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Howie Roseman only drafts linemen. People who can, who can sing. sing linemen yeah. who can sing. And Italian people, yeah. they, they just got to build. They got to build the brand, yeah. like, and we that's why to. it's great that the Giants are kind of taking back the Ital- the big Italian brand, because the Jets clearly <laughs> don't want it. No, Jets don't want the it. Jet, the Jets are, have, have so many of their own problems, and the Bills have so <laughs> many more of their own problems right now, and the Giants are just ah, Gabagool, <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> they're just they're just vibing, and I they're just it. vibing. Good just out them. there at Cutlets and Vibes. Cutlets and Vibes. Good for them. But from Steven, from Mark, I am JP Acosta. Have a great Monday, and I hope you have a chicken cutlet because those are great back. They are.